SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez Omapepe on SAFM. Fellow South Africans, good evening. Welcome to this The Viewpoint. Of course, yesterday we saw something which we hadn't seen in quite a while. In fact, for the most part, many of us still have images of the Scorpions doing what last night or yesterday the Hawks did, arresting six suspects after it had been probing a 255 million rand contract awarded to a company by the Free State Government in 2014 for the eradication of asbestos roofs on houses. The operation is covering three provinces, the Free State Kwazulu as well as Gauteng, and it is believed there are also five companies that are going to be charged, as well as all the suspects them appearing on Friday in Bloemfontein, Friday being tomorrow. Let's have a conversation then with Mr. Tiamo Malachi, journalist and writer based in Bloemfontein. Place setters, please. Where are we? First of all, what is this contract about and the controversy around it before we ask some probing matters involving prominent people? Good evening, Tiamo. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. Thanks for bringing me onto the show. So we know that this was meant to be a contract to do and as desktop audit. And 250 million rand was awarded for this contract. In 2015, the Attorney General already reported that this contract was irregular before they had even completed a lot of the spending on the contract. But the Department of Human Settlements here in the Free State continued that spending. And we now know that only 21.3 million rand was actually spent on the cost of the project, meaning over 200 million rand was pocketed by a variety of actors. And I think that we'll start to see more information confirmed as uh, if there is going to be some form of trial emerges. Of course, the first appearance will be tomorrow here in Bloemfontein. I think we'll learn more and more of the facts of the case because what we know right now is uh, the public protection report, which has already declared that this contract was unlawful. We had Mybrook's Gangster State book, which had a lot of revelation about the contract itself and reports about potential connections with this contract and Eitz Nakhashule. But of course, a lot of that, I think, especially the connections to Eitz Nakhashule is still to be determined. Let's talk about the contract in a little finer detail. So somebody had one. How many companies were involved here in relation to this 255 million rand? Was it one company? Was it many companies? Because there's talk of a further five companies that may yet face the music in relation to the one. These leading figures or these figures, who are they? Do you have any word in terms of the personalities involved outside the one name that you have mentioned, which is a subject on its own? Okay, so uh, we first heard about Blackhead consulting. And if you look at major media reports, they're going to focus mostly on Blackhead Consulting. Of course, this is the company uh, headed, you know, if you look, if you watch the state capture inquiries, they've been talking about Blackhead Consulting. They've also been talking about Diamond Hill Trading. Why have they been talking mostly about these companies? Because Edwin Sodi, who's the businessman, who's, you know, you know, heading up Blackhead Consulting, is the main man that's been awarded this uh, tender. We've got a bit more evidence on Saudi. Of course, the state chapter inquiry revealed uh, 650,000 rand property that Saudi bought for former uh, department boss at the Free State Department of Human Settlements. So I think the most important things to focus on here would be the companies that we have the most evidence for in Blackhead Consulting and Diamond Hill, uh, tr- Diamond Hill Trading. And I think those are also the focus aspects of Gangster State. If there are other subsidiary companies involved, I think that's quite natural 
any kind of tender process would have multiple subsidiary companies involved in carrying out their operations. And, you know, as I mentioned, right now the best thing to do is to allow the Hawks to continue revealing more of the particular evidence that they have discovered. But if it can go off what's been reported by the media and what's in Gangster State book, uh, then the two major companies we need to be looking at, Blackhead Consulting and Diamond Steel Trading. You keep referring to this Gangster State book, which was written by Peter Luby Myberg. Can you give us a sense what it is that this book contains, which is potentially explosive and could in time find itself being the subject of great litigation once all the arrests have been made and the charges are known to the public as are the personalities then to be known and then hopefully then pursuing justice in that. Give us a sense for those who have not read that book, because we do know that when it was being launched, a couple of Comrades, if you like, went about thrashing the books that, I mean, the bookstores that were launching this book. So it didn't look or even appear very pretty. But now that all that has died down and the reality is the book is still available for those who want to read it and the comrades simply couldn't sustain their energy. Let's have a conversation about this book. Have you read it? If so, tell us about the meat. You know, I've read sections of the book. I will definitely not admit to have uh, read the entire book. Um, what I will admit to, however, is reading this section, uh, which supposedly mentioned spreadsheets. And it is letters that say AM on them within these spreadsheets. And this is supposed to link this entire operation to Ace Makhashule. Now, why is there so much focus on Ace Makhashule as a political actor? I think the argument from many people in the political space is that uh, too often has inquiries into state capture, um, corruption, results on a low-lying fruit. These tend to be people who are maybe senior, but not necessarily in charge of entire operations and immense political power in government or the ruling party. So if, if there is any kind of connection to Ace Makhashuli, I think that will be the most explosive thing, if that is true. Uh, we've seen one of the people arrested, Oli Nanleni, the former mayor here in the Mangamung Metro. Uh, so I think we see regularly, over and over again, uh, much less senior officials compromise. We've seen it historically where... Uh, much less senior fingers have been compromised. So if there is one explosive thing that the book is trying to connect, it might be a Makhashule's involvement. But I mean, that's going to be seen. For sure. Um, we shall indeed wait for time. But I mean, let, let, let's talk about the fact that it's always, and I'm going to use a very derogative term because I think that's the kind of indignation that we all as South Africans should have. Why is it open, close quote, the minions who are the first to face the music, whose careers are first to be destroyed, who, when the weather turns bad, are the ones who have to shield against the elements, those who are clearly the puppet must the, the puppet masters in all of this. Why is it? Why is this pattern the way that it is? Well, in order to, you know, address uh, particular complaints of corruption, malfeasance, irregular activity, you're going to need evidence. You're going to need proof. It's going to need to be trialed if it's in a particular court. Uh, I think even the state capture inquiry is trying its best to develop strong forms of evidence. And if you don't have strong forms of evidence against more senior members which are compromised in allegations of corruption, it's going to be difficult for you to address those senior levels. And maybe that's why people like Jacob Zuma don't want to appear before the State Capture uh, uh, Commission. Uh, and, and that's another reason why more junior people tend to be the ones that fall, because those are the ones we have the most clear-cut evidence against. It's unfortunate, but that's the kind of uh, burden that the process requires.
We're in conversation with Mr. Tiamo Malachi, journalist and writer based in Bloemfontein. The infamous Free State asbestos tender. Finally, it appears as though the hawks have crawled out of the woodwork and doing what they're really, for all of time, should have been doing. A question to you, Mr. Malachi, just before we take a 20 past break. For those who do want to participate, I do remind you, and it's an error on our part for not confirming what the actual number is, as was the case yesterday. Please call us on Johannesburg 714. 2006. That is 011-714-2006. The usual lines are still not operational, as was the case yesterday, so please call us on that number. Of course, the WhatsApp facility for voice notes as well as for messages that you want to text, please keep that coming through. That is not affected. And I'll, of course, take time to remind you that we do voice notes under a minute. Nothing conventional on The Viewpoint. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Songhez on SAFM. I beg your pardon for that. Um, I just do confirm that for those of you who do want to participate, 011-714-2006. A question to you, Mr. Malachi. In relation to the work... Can we just for a moment focus on the tender itself, not the irregularities around it? What actually happened? How far down the line are we on that? In other words, the return for government, what is it? Has the work been done? Okay, what we do know is that 21.3 million rand actually went to covering the cost of the project. I think an assumption that's been made by many people in the media is that obviously means that a lot of that work simply didn't occur that there was a shocking financial wastage. Uh, this is quite rife within different departments in the Free State. You'll know that PricewaterhouseCooper investigated in 2008 4,000 instances of irregular spending just by the Free State Department of Health, amounting to you know, millions of rand of irregular spending. If we presume, then, that irregular spending has occurred, I think it's, it's fair enough, and that's what the media is arguing, that a lot of that work just hasn't been done. Uh, we do know that there's an immense housing short log for the uh, Department of Human Settlements. The minister, just you know, last week, was speaking about immense housing backlogs. Uh, this very specific project was mostly just meant to be an audit into our best stuff. But I think it is fair for many people to conclude that a lot of that work didn't occur. For those who don't know, the most common way for asbestos fibers to enter the body is through breathing. In fact, asbestos-containing material is not generally considered to be harmful unless it is releasing dust or fibers into the air when they can be inhaled or ingested. Many of the fibers will become trapped in the mucous membranes of the nose and the throat when they can be removed. But in some instances, they may pass deep into the lungs or, if swallowed, into the digestive tract. Once they are trapped in the bodies, the fibers can cause health problems, not least among those health problems, cancer. So we have to take this seriously. And I suppose the next question is, all of this, once we get some calls coming through on 011-714-2006, do we have a sense from the Department of the Environmental Affairs, the Department of Health, Commenting, if so, what are their comments in relation to the importance of removing this asbestos from the atmosphere, from people's homes, so that we don't have a crisis on top of another crisis? Well, I haven't really seen a lot of public engagement about asbestos itself, and that's always the problem, because 
this becomes an important political conversation about who should be held responsible. Different political actors get involved. We've got different political associations, uh, uh, legal scholars, and uh, journalists comment on the public protective report. We end up having immense conversations about the macro issue of corruption, but not a lot of the conversation about the effects that asbestos, for instance, has on people, or what other consequences irregular spending has on regular individuals. So we haven't seen a lot of noise in this. I think that's a good thing to point out. We haven't seen different local departments speak up about what kind of effect not addressing asbestos has on people and other forms of irregularities. That's, that's still to be seen, and I don't think we're going to see a lot of that commentary. I think most of the commentary we're going to observe is going to be the political discussion. Anonymous in case then followed by Walter in Limbobo. Good evening, Anonymous. Good evening, Walter. After each other, your thoughts, please. Welcome. Good evening to you, uh, Sangezo, and to your guest as well. You know, I was I always said this on the radio station, on other platforms as well, that you know what? The rich was always be, be, uh, be, uh, becoming richer because the municipalities, the, the councillors, the the uh, the heads of departments were all working like a chain, and they were like an unbreakable chain. And I'm glad it all surfaced. God has made it surface. You know, I pray every day and ask God, please surface all the thieves from the municipality. And God has answered our prayers, some of our prayers. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you so much, anonymous in case and Walter and Limpopo. Uh, how are you, sir? Hello, I'm well, also. Thanks. What are your thoughts, please? Thank I can you, indeed. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, but me, my question is, but why? Why always is Mahashule, but he is always in corruption, but why they, the people of the state, they vote for him as a premier up until where he is now? That's my question, my very short question, but why people of the state? Because they can see this man. When I open my SAFM, it's Mahashule. Corruption, 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 it's Mahashule. But my question is, why they would him as a premier and up to now as a NEC? Why? Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Sakila in Durban, good evening. Your thoughts, please. Hey, Sameza, I think one of the unsung heroes in this investigation is actually the public protector. Surprise, surprise. You know, there was an investigation that was completed last year with regards to this asbestos matter. And it seems as if now when these people are arrested, the public protector has been forgotten, you know, and it's only the Zondo Commission that has been highlighted as the real pastors of this asbestos um, corruption. I don't know, maybe, why, why are they forgotten the public protector now? You know, that is my question. And then I'm saying, who is still using asbestos in this day and age, by the way? Because it has a lot of environmental and health hazards, that thing, even in schools. I remember in my school that I used to go to in primary school, there are measures to remove it completely altogether because it's not safe for any human. Thank you, Songeva. Thank you so much, Sakira. Many. Many, many thanks to you, Sakida, as well as Walter and Anonymous. Well, this name has come through again, and we have about seven minutes to discuss it. What can you tell us about the Secretary General of the ANC, former Premier 
of the Free State Province, long-time serving chairperson of the Free State Provincial Committee, Provincial Executive Committee of the ANC, Ndate Ace Mahashule. Siamo? This is always a difficult conversation to have because Ace Mahashule, I think, is a polarizing figure. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the condemnation that is directed at him comes from a really political lens. So if you don't have a lot of evidence if she's not directly tied to particular incidents, then the conversation we end up having is really a political one. What we do know for a fact is that under Ace Makashula's rule, we saw immense irregular expenditure. I mean, uh, audit after audit, uh, free state uh, rarely received uh, qualified. Uh, I, I, mean, I mentioned earlier 4,000 instances of irregular spending just at the health department. Uh, I think uh, uh, across the board, there's a lot connecting the, the, the free state province as a province that wasn't spending on services and delivering it to people. And if that's happening under ACE Makasule, people are okay to ask the question about what ACE was doing during that time, what role he had in empowering a province that isn't providing service to people, whether or not he is to blame about the fact that services aren't provided. The challenge is, because we haven't been able to uncover uh, something that is sufficient you know, to do, uh, advance some sort of argument that he's responsible, it makes it very difficult to say if Mahashule is responsible. And without us being able to make that kind of determined statement, a lot of people will defend A. I mean, I've attended ANC political rallies here in the Free State, particularly here in Bloemfontein. If Mahashule has immense popular public support. And you're not going to address a lot of that popular public support without concrete evidence. Uh, something else I think which happened recently was a public protector's recent report, uh, uh, you know, about basically clearing him of wrongdoing about whether or not he misled the Free State Provincial Legislature about the, them paying for a particular funeral for uh, 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 an ANC official. So when you have the public protector going on record clearing Ace Makashule of particular wrongdoing in this case, and many political actors arguing that maybe there was some form of misleading of the legislature, it becomes difficult. So without concrete evidence tying him to a lot of these incidents, we end up having a conversation uh, about Ace Makashule from a political lens. And then when you only have the conversation in a political lens, you have hands-off campaigns, you have a lot of support from uh, these political supporters who also rise up and say that there's some form of stratcom agenda in media or white monopoly capital agenda against Ace Nakashule and various different forms of arguments that come from a political perspective. So it's really important for anyone analyzing Ace Nakashule right now to understand that the current conversation is almost entirely political. It's not based on concrete sort of connections that we have. Um, and, and that will always make that conversation really difficult. Yeah. Well, sure. Let's hear some more of the viewers' thoughts. Let's take a listen to a couple of voices that have come through before we wrap up this conversation on the asbestos tender involving the Free State Government as well as that of Gauteng and KwaZulu-Natal. To you, Brother Songhezel, and your guests. Look, I mean, I've been through my book's book, and there's so much in the book that is pointing in the direction of Ace Makashule being a corrupt individual. My question is, why is it that the public protector is so bent on defending this man who is so corrupt? 
What is it that makes her defend this guy? Thank you so much from chapter two. So, yes, so good evening there. I am Vincent here in Odinal Stress. So, uh, whenever I listen to the radio, or I'm sitting with some people uh, everywhere, like uh, everybody's saying Ace Makashvili is corrupt, but I just wonder, and I want to ask your guest, uh, does he know of a- anybody who has laid a criminal charges against Ismakajuli, because it seems like everybody knows that the man is corrupt. But my issue is, where are the criminal charges against him? Yeah. Well, do you want to answer that question, Siamo? Has anybody filed with the South African Police Services a charge against Mr. Makajuli on an allegation or the other? I'm going to try and answer the various questions we've received from the guests altogether, ending on that one. So one of your guests asked, mm. how come we haven't remembered the public protector now that we're all talking about the asbestos case? And it does come back to Ace Makhashvili. You remember the public protector's report into the asbestos case had no mention of Ace Makhashvili uh, and pointed any wrongdoing toward him. So it was covering the asbestos case, but it wasn't covering Ace. Another one of your guests mentioned, why is the public protector so hesitant? to target Ace Makhashvili, you know, again, that's a really political question that we can ask ourselves, because we have seen some form of favoring of Ace Makhashvili in the verdict of public protector uh, reports. Whether that favoring is deliberate or not is a different conversation, but then there has been that sort of favoring. So I think that's a fair political question to ask, and I think that's why the entire conversation needs to be about Ace. Finally, this question, why haven't we seen criminal charges against Ace? And it's what I said at the very beginning of my contribution here. Without concrete evidence, I mean, even from the allegations that I've seen in the book uh, and seen in some media reports, I think require a lot greater investigation. And it's very difficult to tie Ace Makhashvili to a lot of things, especially when some of the junior officials are the ones that are directly tied. If you look at other countries around the world, usually senior officials are tied to allegations of corruption and other illegal activities through the junior officials. They testify, they go on record. And they state, oh, this is what the senior official did, and this is what, the, uh, what I heard them do. This is the connections I have to the senior official. So if you don't have the lower-down people testifying on what Ethan Akashile is doing, if you don't have uh, a thorough investigation that ties in directly to instances of corruption or you know, uh, uh, irregular expenditure, it's going to be difficult for you to bring that, that, uh, those criminal allegations against him. So finally, uh, the absence of criminal trial doesn't mean the absence of an activity. It doesn't mean that irregular expenditure has not occurred. It doesn't mean that Ace Makhashvili did not have, you know, mm. hands in the cookie jar. It just means that we haven't found any evidence. It, ultimately, that means that right now, all we can do is have a political conversation about the fact that Ace Makhashvili was in charge of a sinking ship. And I think for many people, the political commentary is, if the sinking was indeed sinking, what was the captain doing the entire time? And I think that's a fair question to ask. Well, it's a free state captain. It's the captain of the country between President Zuma and President Ramaphosa. One has been in the captaincy for quite some time, deputy cap- vice captain rather, and now captain. We can always ask questions of the presidency. In fact, we will do just that after this break. And Mr. Tsiyama Malaji, thank you so much, journalist and writer based in Bloemfontein, talking to us about the infamous free state asbestos tender.